2: Hey, okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. still have grown Man run around tight pants.
0: Smokey Betts, this is Daniel Bard, this is Steve Alge, he- Aaron Salzmanakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball. Is- baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't
2: Boring. Here's your host, Rob Bradford.
0: <laughs> what?
2: In the place of a home run call of the day, we have the no-hitter call of the day. Framber Valdez, congratulations. On your no-hitter, Todd Callis with the great call. A great way to punctuate deadline day. Uh, the only other better way to punctuate deadline day is the Winners and Losers podcast. That's exactly what we did. Who won, who lost in our estimation when it came to the deadline a year from now, maybe we'll look back and say, oh, you know what? We were so wrong. We we misjudged this team's approach. Or we were too high on this team's approach and didn't work out. Or this team knew what they were doing and look at how they landed. Well, we'll see. But for the time being, all we have is our reaction. And we have our guy Sammy from the Who Says No crew. Producer Evan, who's doing a great job with everything, including at BB isn't boring. Twitter, Instagram, the whole ball of wax. So we do the who won, who lost the trade deadline. You're welcome. It's been a fun ride riding the coattails of the trade deadline up to this point. Now we're punctuating it, not only with the no-hitter, but with the analysis of exactly what happened. Here you go. Let's go. Let's <laughs> <All right. laughs> go. It's, it's who winners and losers of the trade deadline. For months upon months upon months, we've had fun with a trade deadline. It's the gift that kept on giving. We were doing trade deadline confessions. We were doing who says no. We were doing like looking at prospects. There was so much. It was basically the straw that stirred our podcast drink for the last couple of months. And then boom, now it's over. Um, the deadline day has come and gone, and now we move on. And I just want to say this. Thank goodness. There's no waiver trade deadline (laughs) anymore. I I can't do another month. I'd like it's good for business. I I can't. I'm exhausted. I don't want to do. We squeezed as much out as this deadline we can. I can't imagine that we ever did the waiver deadline. Which, by the way, some big deals happened. The Verlander deal was a uh, waiver deadline deal. Uh, Anyway, Sammy, say hello. Hello, hello. All right, and. Producer Evan, say hello. How's it going? How's it going? All right. These two, let's (laughs) let's go. Um, All right. So the task here is winners and losers of the trade deadline. And I will say this, guys. I I know that, like, for some people, like, there wasn't on deadline day, there weren't enough, like, huge, huge moves. But I think overall – I thought this was like one of the more interesting like deadlines in a long time. If for no other reason, we landed at the end, like still wondering who was going to buy and who was going to sell a lot. Right. And some, some bought that we didn't think would buy and some sold that we didn't think would sell. And usually like that, not as many, we don't have as many of those situations that we did this year. Did you guys like the deadline? Yes or no? Uh, Sammy, you first.
3: It was solid. It wasn't like a 2017. We'll remember this forever. Deadline, but I thought the last like hour or so was pretty entertaining. Okay, why was the last hour? Honestly, because I really wanted to get my Dylan Cease trade correct.
0: <laughs> I, just wanted, I
3: wanted so badly to come on here and get my flowers, and I felt like I was so close. Plus, there was the uh, Erod, <laughs> Erod turning down the Dodgers. All uh... time
2: funny. Well, uh, and, no. and, and, yeah, the Erod that the Dodgers thing is so, and we were talking about this, is that you had to think about if you're the Dodgers, right? So you don't get Verlander. Good for you for trying, whatever. Yep. And, then, and then, so now you pivot and and you, you you go after Erod, and you have a deal that's accepted. So it must have been a significant, like you're you're wor- willing to give up something, and then he said, no, nah, no, thanks. I want to be around my family. So then you you have like what an hour? It was like less than an hour to yeah, pivot. Nah, you, and you're yeah. you've run out of guys. You've yeah. you have run out of guys. Like I know that uh the Orioles got Jack Flaherty within the last you know few minutes there. Um yeah. I, I'm trying to think of any other pitchers who might have been available. I know Paxton really wasn't available. Um who else who else am I missing? Who didn't um, get traded?
1: Dylan C today. Yeah, get but tra- Dylan Cease, that but, that, but that's
2: another level though. I mean, like Erod was like basically going to be a rental because he could opt out. Um, um, yeah, Mitch Keller.
3: Mitch Keller was apparently. Yeah, but again, a again, not
1: another a another with control. Yeah, I don't yeah. think there was yeah. many rentals that didn't end up getting traded. I feel like they all kind of eventually went off the board. And oh. I
2: feel like, and I feel like the Lorenzen thing, the the Michael Lorenzen thing was like such a Dombrowski move, which was. Okay, you got the guy, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I was looking at that trade while I was driving. But um they gave up the the top guy they gave up was like the Phillies like seventh ranked pick yeah. prospect, right? And yeah, then they gave Ho, up New Lee. Yeah, and then they gave up three other guys. Was it like four guys in that trade? Or is this him? I think it might have just been a one for one. Oh it was, was? One for one. Yeah, a yeah. one for one. Okay. But but point is is that It's like seven – like, like, Dabrowski doesn't care about that guy because he knows that that guy usually isn't going to, like, be in the major leagues. Like, that was – and Lorenzen, like, holy mackerel. You know, this guy's a good – he's a good pitcher. He's in shape, and he's a good pitcher. Both. So there you go. Yeah, and that's that's the frustrating thing as somebody who who loves
3: to post these fake trade scenarios, and every time I post one – I get someone who's like, you're giving up our 30-second prospect in that deal? Are you <laughs> Like, dude, what are, what are the chances you ever see him at Fenway?
2: It's So, just, yeah. so I, asked, uh, I asked our friend uh, Sam Dykstra, MLB Pipeline, uh, when the Young uh, trade yeah, uh, went Deion. down, yeah. um, I said, okay, give me the Red Sox equivalent to this of the guy who they gave up. Um, because you know, you know. Listen, you need inf- infield defense, whatever. And he's he he rattled off a guy that like I had barely heard of. His name Jacob Webb. And he's like, yeah, he was in our top thirty, but he's not going to be. I'm like, wait a second, that's what you could give up for. And I know that he's like a flawed player, but he's still like a useful player. Yeah, he's a good player too.
3: He he plays really good defense. He's had a thirty home run season before. He's not he's no joke. He's not perfect,
1: like you said, he's flawed. But that's like a solid ball player.
3: What did
2: he was a
1: Met killer. He was a Met killer when Paul DeYoung came to City Field. Everybody was like, God, yeah.
0: Everyone's got
2: the you got the DeYoung's awful. I I had tickets to go to the Mets game, but DeYoung's playing, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go. It's going to be every
1: series. We had one guy on the other team that would like you, Trent Grisham, for example, last year in the wild card. Became oh, yeah. bonds at
2: City Field, <laughs> so we have yeah. one guy at everything. But. There's always one guy that kills a team. So yeah. obviously. So, uh, all right. Anyway, this this play the game, winners and losers. Uh, Sammy, how do you think we should do this? I'm going to leave. Like, say, what do you you want to you want to go play, first? We can play tennis,
3: and I'll do one.
2: Yeah. All right. What don't don't you guys go back and forth? All right. Do you want uh, a winner? Do you want a winner or a loser first? I want, I want you to go through uh, – I want you both to go through your winners first. Go through the okay. winners first. Sammy, so, you, you first. And if we overlap, we overlap. My first winner, and I think a lot of people will
3: be surprised about this, I want to show some love to the Angels because I've made fun of them a lot, and I know a lot of people love to use them as a punchline, and they've earned it, but they're going for it. This is the dream. This is like a great thank you to the fans for hanging on. Sorry we haven't been as good as we should have been. But, like, you go and get Giolito and you give up your, what, their second best prospect for him? That's a big deal. That's cool. And he's a rental, probably a quote-unquote overpay. Who cares? They don't care. Um, They're getting bullpen help with Lopez, um, Escobar, all over the place. I think it's cool. Um, I like that they're trying. I don't think it's going to work. I think it's going to backfire, but not in, like, a set-you-back-forever kind of way. I think it's it's a good message to the fans and if baseball had more of this I think we'd all be better off.
2: Yeah, but it's and especially in this day and age of GMs where everyone's so tight and everyone is like so obsessed over prospects. You're right though. It was just like, hey, we're hanging on to Otani and by the way, we're just unloading. I mean, it, it was <laughs> there was just like <laughs> there was no there, there was no like protection for the the prospects at all. It was just like, sure. Why not? they got
3: three guys from the Rockies. Yeah, CJ Crone they got. That's a decent bat. I like it, man. I mean, and, and the the GM Manusian, I guess. Manasian. Manasian. You know, he's probably fighting for his job in a way. So I think it's kind of cool. I, I'm I'm supporting the Angels. I'm rooting for them. I don't want them to pass the Red Sox, but it's 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 cool to see. I respect it.
2: Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I like that. Okay. Kevin, yeah. who's your give me one of your uh winners. All right, so one of my winners definitely has to be
1: the Houston Astros, and I know that it's because they made a trade with the Mets and got Verlander, but getting Verlander back, getting Grayman back, two guys that have helped you win in the past, Verlander was the best pitcher on the market. I didn't really necessarily want the Mets to trade him But once it felt inevitable once we traded Scherzer. But he's a guy that literally last year helped you in a World Series. He's had like an under-2 ERA within his last five starts. He's right on top of the game. You're barely paying anything for him because Steve Cohen, I think, took a, what, 54 out of the 96 he's making or something like that. I forget exactly what it was. But um so you're getting him and then you're getting Grayman who's a back end of the bullpen guy, maybe middle rotation guy. So I think they really did a really good job cuz obviously in their division like we just talked about the Angels, obviously the Rangers are another team that acquired a ton of guys. They needed to do something and they made a humongous
2: move with Verlander so. I agree. The Rangers must be crap in their pants. I mean all <laughs> of a sudden I mean all of a sudden you have Verlander, you have Graveman, and you have Oyorn Alvarez, you have you know Atuve, you know, you have you have the Houston Astros. If they don't if they don't make a run, then I don't yeah. know what's happening. And you seekers know, seekers out right now for the Rangers. They're missing. I know, I know. It's like I want the Rangers to do well. I like their story. I like a lot of people over there, but uh yeah, yeah. yeah. But all right, Sammy, who's number two on your winners list? All right, number two on the winners list. The
3: New York Mets do it. Oh, <laughs> because,
2: it, it because we are we gonna have I a duplication? They, first of all, spoiler. Evan, did you pick the Mets as a winner? Yeah, they're one of mine. All right, oh, good. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. You can give your reasoning
3: in a second. Go ahead, say. I have I have an interesting reason. I think, and so in the off season, I thought they I thought all the moves they were making were hilarious. Like, there's no way this is gonna work. They're just building this team like it's a video game. It, all, all these gaps on the team, big money, just throwing it all around, and it didn't work. So I'm thinking, okay, the Mets are totally screwed. They're, they got all these disgusting contracts for years. They're not going to win forever. But then they basically created a new way to get prospects. And all you need to do is have the richest owner right. in the league. It's true. So they took <laughs> yeah. these big albatross contracts, which were on good players, Scherzer and Verlander, shipped them out with cash, and got two, more than two, multiple unbelievably talented prospects who they'll have for years, who are not sure things, but close to it. And I thought that was awesome. So I have a newfound respect for the Mets. I thought that was sick. It was unique. They basically created a new way to buy prospects. I think it's kind of hilarious.
2: It's true. <laughs> it's such a good way to look at it. It's true. Yeah, I mean, yep. and then you got the money, you use it wisely. It's great. So anyway, before I weigh in, go ahead, Evan. Why don't you tell tell us why, besides the fact that half your wardrobe is Mets gear, why you (laughs) like the Mets as a winner?
1: No, yeah, I definitely think they're a winner. I mean, one, Billy Epler went from a guy who fans would boo in the streets to a guy after this deadline. A lot of people have gained new respect for him. Granted, I still don't think he's going to be you know, jump into president of baseball ops. I think we might get David Stearns this offseason. Billy Upler would be second in command in a matter of minutes. But with that being said, I think they realized that even though we technically still have a shot, I know people love to throw that up like, oh, the Mets are selling, but they're only five games out. We, we were never going to make the playoffs. And if we made it, we were going to get blown out. So I think Steve Cohen realized that like, hey, the formula of paying these guys are ridiculous amount of money based on past success, despite the fact that they're 40 years old, isn't working. So we have to find a new way to bring, you know, talent into this organization without drafting guys. So, I mean, getting Drew Gilbert and Ryan Clifford for Justin Verlander, based on every prospect person that is on social media, because I just look them up right after we acquired him. Drew Gilbert's like, play, they always say he plays with his hair on fire. He was at Tennessee a couple years ago. Really good. Ryan Clifford apparently is a steal. They were uh Jim Cowis and Jonathan Mayo and obviously Sam Dykstra from MOB Pipeline said that they would be the one in two prospects in the Astros system if they re-updated it. Obviously, you get a Kuna for Scherzer. I didn't think we were going to get much of anything for Scherzer. So getting a Kuna was like ridiculous. I mean, granted, I don't think he's going to be anything like his brother. I mean, I hope he's like half the player of his brother. But I mean, he's a stud. We got Jeremiah Jackson for Dominic Dominic Leone. We basically picked that guy up off the streets like a couple weeks ago. The fact that we got anything for him is crazy. And then obviously, like Sam Dykstra was saying, with Vargas and Hernandez for Robertson, that looks like down the line, those guys could be really good. So I just think overall, I think we did a really good job of eating a ton of money to get back a ton of prospects. And it was pretty funny because after we traded Scherzer, everybody's saying, you know, oh. You know, if they trade Verlander, they're going to get two times the amount of package they got for Scherzer. And at the moment, I was like, first off, I don't want to trade Verlander or anything. But then when I'm looking at all the teams that are interested, like the Orioles, the Dodgers, obviously the Astros, I was like, oh, we can go after Heston Kerstad or maybe Bobby Miller if they would give him, you know, something like that. And of course, people are calling me crazy, like Sammy was saying. People online just assume that they can keep their prospects and acquire a top talent. But at the end of the day, we got the Astros probably top two prospects for a guy that possibly could be on the downside of his career, but obviously a guy that will help them now. So I think we did a really good job. Well, what do
2: you think, what do you make of the the Scherzer revealing what Epler told him about, yeah, I we're, mean, we're not going to compete, we're not competing until like 2026?
1: You know, part of me thinks I don't necessarily disagree in the aspect of, I don't know how aggressive Steve Cohen's going to be this you know, offseason when it comes to how he's been burnt so many times the past two years with these contracts. Granted, I think we're still going to feel like a wildcard contender next year, but I don't think it's going to be anything like going into this year, which Billy Upler said a ton of times. Um, but at the same time, I also think that the Mets were desperate, desperate to get Scherzer to waive his no-trade clause because that trade almost didn't go through because he didn't waive it. So part of me thinks Billy Epler went in the office and was acting like, Oh my God, we're never going to compete again. Just so sure. They'd be like, Oh my God, I got to get out of here then just so we'd wave it. I mean, that, that could just be a total conspiracy theory, but I think that might also, be uh,
2: I'll buy it Do it. I'll buy into it. All right. I like that. I, I would pick, I was going to pick uh, the Mets as well. I mean, I think that you come away with that much, that many major league future, major major leaguers in the eyes of people who know these things. Um, yeah. Then then you're the big winner. It's much like Cincinnati, Cincinnati a year ago. I mean, that's what exactly. they ended up doing. I mean, that's it feels, it
3: feels like they're like back from the dead. Like it felt like the Mets were dead. Right. They just bought themselves. <laughs> yeah. Now they're in their youth again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're leading on like Daniel Vogelbach and, and you know, and these, these nice, you know, Timmy Trumpets. And anyway, uh, all right. So uh, all right, Sammy, who was your last winner?
3: Uh, my last winner is a little bit boring. It's the Rangers. They've never won the World Series. They made a lot of additions, and it's it's basically that simple. I like to see these e- – baseball's romantic. We hear that all the time. So to see a team that's never made it to the promised lands go all in, and we know they've struggled with injuries this year. Seager, DeGrom, Evaldi just went down. Heim missed some time. So uh, they're fighting, as we just spoke about. The Astros are right on their tail, but – I think it's cool to see the Rangers kind of I don't I wouldn't say go all in but very close to all oh, in.
2: I think they I mean That's the thing is that when you look at these teams that had any these these competitive teams that had any room for error that they, they had like a little chink in their armor and all of a sudden they said well we're going to fix that by d- shocking up. The Rangers yeah. did it. Um you know, I would say the Blue Jays sort of did it. You know Romano and and Bachet, they got two guys. I, maybe they would have got him anyway. I don't know. Even um, even the, the Rays, you know, the Savali was. You know, you need you, you're you're leaking oil in terms of your rotation. All right, well, we're gonna go out and we're gonna get uncomfortable and we're gonna get this guy uh, on who's under control for a few years. So uh, I like that. I like it. By the way, I did uh, I should uh, this is top of mind? Did the Twins? Uh, twins the teoscar hernandez deal go through i should know this no. no no all right that was just a rumor all right anyway uh you know what the one i'm talking about right they were saying that teoscar hernandez was in um who was it he didn't know he's on the market i didn't hear anything about yeah like, yeah i'll look it up um so anyway all right go ahead evan who's your last uh who's your last winner
1: Yeah, so my last winner I have is the Marlins, because even though they just lost today, (laughs) David Robertson blew the save, but... um... I mean, acquiring David Robertson, every team needs a closer. So obviously, despite the fact that he blew the save today, he's a really solid closer. As I mean, he was on the Mets all year. He was locked down. He kind of saved us from being even worse than we are considering Edwin Diaz is out. Then they got Jake Berger, who is one of the sneakiest good power hitters in the AL. Granted, they gave up a pretty decent prospect for him, but I didn't even realize that the I knew the White Sox were listening on a lot of people, but he was not a guy that I thought they would trade. So I thought that was a big get. I hear they have no power, and I know Josh Bell is having a rough year, but they get Josh Bell for next to nothing. I mean, granted, they traded away – Garrett uh, Cooper. Garrett – what was it? Garrett Cooper. I thought he was the Padres. They traded away Khalil Watson, right? That's who it was. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about who Bell was replacing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I got you. No, it was Khalil Watson, who I think they traded him away because I think – like, I know he was their first-round pick last year – but I think he had some problems where they really, like suspended him for disciplinary reasons and all this stuff. So I think their, their stock on him was a little low. Um, and then Jorge Lopez for their bullpen's good. Ryan Weathers was part of the Garrett Cooper trade. He's, he's kind of a reclamation project like they had with Jesus Lazardo. So I think they had a really good deadline. What a, what a strange trade the, uh, what was it? Jorge
3: Lopez for Dylan Floro, a reliever for a reliever, both kind of like yeah. setup men. I thought that was so odd. Both yeah, right? That was guys. a bizarre trade. not like yeah. the, the Brewers and Diamondbacks. Who, 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 who,
2: who, who forgot that Jorge Lopez used to be a closer? <laughs> for the Orioles? Yeah. Right. Oh, he was also a closer. He got them Cano. Yeah, he got the yeah. Canoe last year. And He uh, was kind
1: of like uh, the Seawall to the Graveman trade of last year, where it was yeah. like the Orioles fans are like, "What are we doing? We're selling Lopez." So, Can
2: I just yeah. tell you, like, I love like Kiming as a as a GM. I, yeah, I, he's,
0: he's
2: I just I just think that she does trades that you know take some guts to do. It just you, you go down. The, I've said this a couple of th- different times, even before this deadline, where you had you know the Pablo Lopez for a, a rise. You have the AJ Puck for JJ Blade, fourth pick in the draft. You have uh was she uh was she the Zach Gallon Jazz Chisholm or was that be- that was after? that was uh, Michael Hill. That was a guy. Okay, yeah. Okay, well, still I like that trade. But yeah. anyway, like she I, like she has guts when she makes these trades because I feel like a lot of these GMs are paralyzed by making this because they're so petrified of losing the trade or giving up prospects. And and obviously with Robertson, that wasn't the case. You know, you saw that, you know, Jake Berger, okay, like Jake Berger is, we've all seen Jake Berger. He's he's a useful player who can yeah, handle runs. Yeah, they had like right 25 no home runs apparently too. Right, so. it's like
3: beer league yeah. softball
2: swing. Yeah, it? who can play like different <laughs> positions, you know. So, yep. um, yeah. So, anyway, I just, I'm a fan.
3: She's All right. Cool. I mean, that, that, that's a tough role. She's. I mean, address the elephant in the room. The only female GM. That's got to be a lot of added pressure, and she just does not care what people think. And no, but
2: I mean, right and right away. I mean, right away, she's built this team and and also picked the right manager. I mean, that's another thing, Skip yeah. Schumacher. And yeah. and I love the fact that they let like Skip Schumacher like have have pick his coaches like he did. Like, there's a whole thing. I mean, like the everything about how they did things and the fact that they're winning. I, I like that story. Yep. All right. All right. Now it's time for the sad trombones. Uh, okay, Sammy. First loser.
3: First loser. And I am so sick of this team because they could so easily be good, but they just won't do it. Milwaukee Brewers. They have a legitimate three-headed monster rotation with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, and then their four and five aren't bad. And then they have Williams closing out games, who is friggin' unhittable. Nobody can touch that guy. And all they need is offense. And it's been this way for three or four years. Get a bat. Get a bat. And every year, they do half measures for all the Breaking Bad fans out there. Half measures. (laughs) They get Carlos Santana, who we love and is a good ball player, but come on, that's not going to put you over, and Mark Canna. Are you kidding me? You're not going to supplement that unbelievable pitching staff? What are you doing? Like, make a splash. Go all in. That's a team. And they have expiring contracts coming up this year and next year with Burns and Woodruff. Got the order wrong, but still. Like, go all in. You have an amazing pitching staff. You need offense. And now they're going to sneak into the playoffs, probably get bounced early because they're going to lose every game 3-2. to And it's the same old story. It must be – I feel bad for Brewers fans. It must be infuriating. You've got half the equation done, and for whatever reason, they will not finish the other half of it. It's just like
2: every year, same old thing. The, the, so, the, the good Brewers. news, though, is that they didn't trade Devin Williams like they traded Hater last year. So they, <laughs> yeah. Uh...
3: So, yeah, you can you can close
2: out your uh, games in and style. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that. I like that. I like the the, the loser bracket is going to elicit much more passion than the winner bracket. So <laughs> yeah. it's good. It's good. It's good. All right, Evan, what do you got? All right. So my first team on the losers
1: bracket has to be the San Francisco Giants. Their only trade was acquiring AJ Pollock, who's having a career bad year. And that was it. And I'm like, for a team that's trying to compete in the NOS or yeah, the NOS, the Dodgers granted, I don't know if, and I mean, obviously Joe Kelly's a very effective trade, but the other trade, obviously. I don't think they are really going to do much. <laughs> and obviously, the Dodgers are a really good team, so they can turn anything into magic. The D backs made a couple of really good moves. And then the Giants acquiring AJ Pollock, like, that's not really going to do anything. That reminds me of Darren Ruff last year with the Mets. So I don't exactly know at all what the AJ, but that was the weirdest trade of all time. They're like, hey, we're getting AJ Pollock. And their fans are supposed to be like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. I was like, what is this? So.
2: He's he, yeah. he's, he's a guy,
1: yeah, a player. That's it.
2: <laughs> he's on the team. Well, I mean, at least they didn't sign like a four-year deal, so there you True. go. True, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, there you go. So, I, I don't disagree. I didn't really thought of them too much. They're like such a weird team to me. It's, yeah, you don't. I don't know. I, I don't think about them too much. I wasn't
1: expect- just, expecting them to be contenders. Then they've become contenders. They've been on our power rankings for the past couple of weeks, I believe, and then they just
2: go to crap and (laughs) acquire AJ Pollock. So I don't know. There you go. Uh, All right. All right, Sammy, who's number two on your loser list?
3: Um, Number two is the Orioles. They're having an unbelievable year. Haven't been in the world series since the nineties. I hope that's correct. Early nineties. If Mm. I remember correctly, point being, they haven't been this good in a long, long time. They look like they're going to contend for a while. And there were a few cost controlled pitchers that, Few teams could have afforded, and they were definitely one of those teams. There's no team with prospect capital like the Orioles. They could have gotten Cease, Keller, and I know these are extremely expensive guys, but they're cost-controlled, and they'd be there for multiple years. It's not a rental, and they go and they get Jack Flaherty, which is a good addition, but that's not an ace. They don't have an ace. They have a bunch of number threes and fours, if you ask me, and it's just kind of disappointing. Even though they're a rival team of the team I like, you still want to see young teams like that. Oh, I, I, anything, I'm so. with you
2: and I went on I went on a rant on TV about this. Is it just like Michael Elias, you just here you, here's your chance. Here's your chance. And maybe it's a cliche to say, oh well, this the GMs can sell, but do they know how to buy? but in this case, you have to prove it to me. You made this fan base suffer for so long. And now you've gotten to this spot and you have enough where you don't have to mortgage your future to get to get the thing that you need. And by the way, the thing that you need will help you in the future. To your yeah. point, Dylan Cease, Mitch Keller, those guys will help you in the future. And it's something that you're going to need going forward because you don't have it. Yeah. yeah.
3: And, and, it's, and, and you said, I, I want to go back a little bit. You said you, they made their fans suffer, which is true. But they're suffering like last year, the 2022 Red Sox, where it was just like a below average team and it stunk. And then there's what the Orioles were, where they're winning 52 games a year. And their product is legitimately unwatchable. It's like watching a AAA team get the crap kicked out of them every night by a major league team. It's beyond suffering. And the Orioles fans had that for, what, five years? Yeah. And now they're finally nearing the promised land. And the
2: GM does. Hey, Milwaukee Brewers, Baltimore Orioles, half measure. I hate that. Who so they get into a series? They get into a best of five series. Who's your starters for that? Tyler Wells. That's a that's a good game three starter. I mean, it's...
3: and John Means will be back by then, but he hasn't pitched in a year and a half.
2: What are yeah. we doing? Yeah, Come on. it's That's too bad. I'm with you. All right, Evan. Who's your number two loser? All right, my number two loser is the Cincinnati
1: Reds. They acquired Sam Mole from the A's, and that is it. I mean uh, it's just one of these another very similar to the Orioles where they built up this amazing farm system. Obviously they've suppl like it's supplemented the major leagues by getting, you know, Ellie de la Cruz, Matt McLean, Christopher and, and Nassian, Ignas, Encarnacion Stroud. easier for me yeah. to say. Uh, and Andrew Abbott, and then they proceed to like acquire Sam Moore when they're at the height of possibly making the playoffs. When there was so many starters out there, because clearly their starting rotation is lacking. I know they're banking on Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green coming back and being those pieces, but I don't know. I just felt like they could have got a rental. They have the farm system to be able to go out and get a Dylan Cease. Obviously, they could have got a Verlander, but then again, with the no-trade clause, he might have not accepted it there. But I don't know. It was just a very weird deadline
2: that they just... There were were two teams that definitively needed starters, two teams that were in the playoff um, situation, and it was the Orioles and the Reds. It was like there was no room for interpretation. It wasn't like, oh well, you have Zach Gallen and and maybe some other guy. No, you had no. You don't. You needed. You needed starters, and they didn't yeah. get I'm with you. I'm just. That's too bad because again, we'll come back to it. You you've got to this point, and I don't think that to get that guy is going to be. You're gonna to have to mortgage the future. I, I mean, I just don't think so. Yeah. But you know, and what's on their farm? Yeah, what they'll say is that the cost was crazy and nuts Man. and and you know, so I don't know. I mean maybe okay. they're just Yeah, I mean I I don't know. If you can get if a team can get Verlander, if a team can get Scherzer, if a team can get who else am I missing? Uh like well, you know, Cease. No yeah. Work. Well, I mean no team gets Cease. but I'm just if, yeah. if if you want to get like even Lorenzen, like if you want to get Lorenzen despite the bullet Get Eduardo out. Rodriguez. Eduardo, yeah. Traded. Yeah. No, and the
3: thing yeah. is, it, with, with the Orioles, they needed the Orioles needed an ace. The Reds just need like a a veteran starter that's solid. They already got right. Hunter Green coming back soon. Lodolo maybe. Abbott's been on friggin' believable. You just needed a solid veteran, like a like a two or a three. Maybe two is a lot. A three. Solid guy who can steady the ship. It's it's disappointing. Do, we, do
2: either one of you guys have your for your number three have is the Padres? No All right, so let me just—I just because just, I—I feel like I want to address the Padres <laughs> just in case, which is you know how bizarre are they? <laughs> so yeah. weird,
0: and Why I, I told—I do I don't know what to I,
2: say. I, I told you, like I told you, I said you know I would be—I absolutely thought, always thought they were going to be buying. They did buy in a weird, weird way, and it was sort of like, yeah, we're going to buy like what most teams sort of look at buying. But if we really buy, if we're buying like Padres and AJ probably usually buys, it's a whole nother level. We just aren't going to that level. We're just, yeah. we're going to buy, like think about, put it this way, who they get. So they got Rich, Rich Hill. Hill, Choi. Um, um, we just talked about him They
1: got a uh, Garrett Cooper. They got right. Garrett Cooper
2: and they got the reliever the, reliever. the reliever. The, the who? The, oh, you know, um, the, the guy from Scott Barlow. Oh, Barlow. Scott Barlow, right? Royals. Was, was, yep. Yeah. So, so you get that. So you are sitting there. You are the San Diego Padres. You get those guys. You are sitting here. With the Red Sox. You know, like two games out in the lost column. You know, and you get nothing. And you, the Padres, are sitting there five games out. Was well, it five games out? I think. Yep. And with, with teams in front of you that you have to leapfrog, and you're like, yeah, really? yeah, we're, we're going to like get a bunch of these guys. So, yeah. yeah.
1: And the so weird thing why- about the Padres as well is that they had probably two of the best pieces on the market with Blake Snell and Josh Hader. Like, if they decided to sell, they could have got a king's ransom for those guys. Oh, my God. Yeah. This I mean, is why but- I didn't have them, though.
3: This is why I didn't have them in losers because I had them initially. And I'm I'm looking at my, my notes that I make before we record and I'm like, what do I say about these guys? They're so weird. <laughs> yeah. They're like the weirdos of Major League Baseball, like the, the friend yeah. creepy guy. You're like, what's wrong with <laughs> you?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one, like they're on like the corner of Haight Ashbury. Like, <laughs> yeah. like what's, what's, yeah, yeah. And they play the Giants. <laughs> I will say this. I when I was at um when I was at City Field when the Padres were visiting the Mets there. And the first day I was there, this guy comes out and he's wearing sweat like a, a sweatsuit. Like not like a like, like a designer sweatsuit, like a legit gray wool, <laughs> like like just plain sweatsuit. And it was AJ Preller. He's just walking oh, around I mean. in a sweatsuit. <laughs> like he literally just got off the, like the hoop core. Yeah. Like it was his
3: <laughs> Padres are just a bunch of weird dudes.
2: Yeah. I love it. I love I want them to do well. I want them to make a run. I do,
1: and they're probably the second most rich owner behind Steve
2: Cohen. With, yeah, uh, Well, again, they, they they could have done what the Mets did. They could have sold exactly. off. They didn't sell off Soto, right? No, nope. so, he's I another mean, piece they could have. Yeah, yeah. so. It's crazy. All right, so where are we? Number last, three, last one. Okay, last Sammy. Season. Number three.
3: All right, so we're moving from the weird kid, the Padres, to the uh, the quiet awkward kid. My last loser, quite awkward kid, is the Minnesota Twins. Oh, <laughs> like I want, I, I'm like a disappointed father. I want to look at them and be like, What are you doing? Yeah. they <laughs> they have a one game lead. The, the, Guardian, the Guardians gave you a gift. I know, <laughs> they, they, and it, like we've heard this a million times agree or not. All you got to do is get in. Who knows what happens when you get into the playoffs? Things happen, and you, 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 you are in the worst division. Friggin' ever, not ever, but you're in a terrible division. You got a one-game lead, and you don't do anything. You swap relievers with Miami, like you could have done a like a Michael Lorenzen or a, some sort of like minor upgrade. Nothing. You don't do anything. It's just weird to me. You would think that a team in a, in a situation like this, where you know they're not amazing, but they're probably going to be in the playoffs. You'd think they'd do something just to show, like, hey, we believe in you a little bit, but. They just stood pat. Did one little swap. I don't know. I thought it was really strange. Kind of like just disappointing. It, they could have. They could have been something. Even Josh
2: Bell, who got traded today, get a little upgrade. Something like they, a Tommy Pham well, or Teoscar Hernandez. You you know? you, yeah. And well, down. that's that. So that was the th- what I was talking about. I think it was John Paul Morosi had put out this. And I, I took it as gospel, and I shouldn't have. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was Twins inquiring on Teoscar Hernandez, Ty France. Gotcha. So, yeah, so that's okay, you know, would have made a lot of sense. We, as much as we talk about the Orioles and Reds needing arms, like the one team that you say that team needs a bat, it was the Twins. That's why wow, I had yeah. that fraudulent Cody Bellinger guess. What a terrible, <laughs> awful. Um, you, it's not a, I know
3: the guess wasn't right, but the concept in theory of like, yes. Not the best bat, but a good bat that you could plug in at multiple positions. It would have been perfect for the Twins, and it's just kind of like thank I feel that,
2: like. That, thank you for making me feel much better about myself. <laughs> yeah, even though you roasted my Dylan C's pick, was- <laughs> uh, it's it amazing. Once again, in case people don't know, we had the draft where players are going to end up, and we only got one right, and that one yeah, that, that, that one that one <laughs> might have had an asterisk next to it too. <laughs> don't say. Yeah, Sammy, did you see the uh did you see when that broke the the video of uh of Ryan Brazier reacting? No, Joe's? I didn't. Oh, you didn't? Where you- no, I missed that. You, no, I, no one's on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter or whatever it's called, more than yeah. like you. No one no one no one, no, no, Sammy. Like you were like retweeting and commenting and everything. I have it up. And I, I, I must have posted well, that video like three times. I might yeah. have seen it let me I'll go
3: back
1: and look after he' was like, oh no shit yeah, yeah. he's like oh no shit he's
2: like oh, no shit Oh, no shit and he's, he's like still- we're, we're bringing the band back together yeah right yeah, yeah yeah and hey, then Joe and then d- Joe calls and he, he calls in the middle of the podcast and I'm trying desperately to like piece it like figure out how to like make Ryan Brazier and Joe Kelly talk to each other which uh, for some reason I couldn't manage and then he says <laughs> then you can just hear him say I'll call you back." So uh yeah. So anyway, uh, that's my way of, of of integrating the news that Joe Kelly will be on the podcast on what's tomorrow. It'll be on tomorrow. So there you go. Uh all right. So that was a good one. I like the twins. I was I thought you were gonna drop the your your hometown team, but you didn't. So Sammy. They're, they're middle, total middle. Right? Middle. So- yeah. Can talk about them All days. right. Just, okay. okay. All right, Alvin, what do you got?
1: Yeah, it's like that entire division feels like they can't get out of their own way because I mean, between the Guardians selling when they're also in contention, uh, and then I have the Tigers because they they acquired <laughs> who you uh, how you I don't, I'm gonna botch this guy's name how you Lee I don't exactly know how to say his name so I apologize to him if he listens uh, <laughs> for Lorenzo <laughs> from the Phillies and then. They proceed to botch a trade with the Dodgers for Erod, which I was list- I was watching MLB Network because SOY had no coverage for the trade deadline. And Greg Amsinger brought up a good point, which I never thought about. And I don't know, I'm not really good with like the behind the scenes stuff. But why would you go through the entire process, probably waste at least a couple days, if not multiple hours, where you could be doing other stuff acquiring a guy. Why wouldn't you then? Why wouldn't Scott Harris just call Erod and say, "Hey, man, would you go to the Dodgers if we traded you there?" No? Okay, that's a funny Talk way to look, the look other at teams. it. Teams, yeah. Like, can you imagine them behind the scenes? Like, oh, Rick, we forgot. We didn't him. Yeah. Like, you're three or four hours into a, like putting together probably a really good package because he's one of the top guys on the market for Erod, and then you call him and he proceeds to say. I don't like the West Coast. I'm not going to the Dodgers, and they're one of the ten teams. Like you have, you have twenty other teams you could have traded him to where he wouldn't have to approve it. But you pick one of the ten teams. I don't get that. Come on, that's that's funny. Especially like just it being Erod, knowing
3: his like personality, a little like different guy. He's Rob. Question for you? Yes, I heard heard someone hypothesizing about this. Um, If Erod does opt out of his contract. Do you believe that his decision to decline going to a, a legit contender in the Dodgers? Do you think that's going to affect negotiations? No.
2: Okay, good. I, yeah, I mean I, I don't think it's people like to like in 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 the make believe world they like to think that. It's like, "Oh my goodness, he's he's not a winner. He doesn't care about winning whatever." Well, it is what it is at this point. I mean, yeah, you know, about- I mean, you just if you get a good pitcher, good pitchers are hard to find. You know, there you go. You got him. Speaking I mean, I,
1: speaking of winners, the Astros Framber Valdez just threw a no hitter against the Guardians. So what? There you go.
2: Yeah, no hitter just happened. I mean, yeah, Framber Valdez just threw a no hitter against the Guardians. Talk, talk oh. about punctuate. <laughs> talk about punctuating a a trade deadline. I was looking at it on my phone. I'm like, please get the three outs before I say that. Oh, oh like, man. You, were saying, you were
3: saying
1: the Rangers must be nervous. Oh, uh, yeah. they they must be crap in their pants. Astros are. <Yeah>. You got Framber Valdez at the top of his game. JV's playing like crazy.
2: I know. I know. I know. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Well, I, I think you guys came up with some good ones. I, I wasn't, you know, I, I was going to this because I've been immersed in it all day, the Red Sox, but I, I'm more like, I'm the more worked up and I shouldn't be this way, honestly. I'm more worked up as we were talking about before. About that whole like we're underdogs comment, I don't know why that bothered me so much. You don't need to to say it; it doesn't help anyone. I know. Well, and and also it's just, and I also think that you know the whole idea when you in, especially in Boston, which is perceived as a big market team, is like you're winning. You want to get to this point where you win, and when you're in position to win, you're like, okay, we're going to go for it, and we're gonna we're gonna try to win. We're gonna show everyone we can win. And um, and I just don't think it also like shows me that there's a lack of understanding how flawed the American League is. Although maybe not now. Maybe, maybe the Houston Astros have all of a sudden become like the team. I don't know. Yeah. What a surprise. They're I mean, never I, gonna go away. <laughs> yeah.
1: If
2: you, you called them an
3: underdog, and Rob, I don't think you'll agree with me, but if you called them an underdog in March or April,
2: would have been like, oh, all right, yeah. Oh no. They, they, well, they, that was a that's a reality. I mean that's, yeah. that that that's you're you're not you're you're being lumped in with seventy four a uh, win total over under of seventy four so mm-hmm. but now you're sitting I don't know, it's not even that important yeah. but but can you imagine <laughs> though can you imagine we talk about these teams like the Orioles or the Twins and having to go I mean the, you know who the big winner is for this whole thing is the third wild card team they get to play the Twins yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, say the Houston gets a third wild card, them playing the Twins? They're
3: yeah, going to, like, wax them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Imagine they, they need to play just bad enough to get that spot because they might yeah. take the division. But oh, oh. Maybe, maybe if the Twins had made
3: a move or two.
2: Oh, no. I mean, listen, the Twins can hang their hat on on Joe Ryan and, and Sonny Gray and Pablo Lopez. Like, They have good starters, but still. Yeah. yeah. Get, getting past what this Houston team looks like right now. It's kind of crazy. And it was like doing that exercise this morning that I did of looking back at who had great August. Like it's all those teams that had great August. A, almost all of them did something. And B, they all made the playoffs. Like, so yeah. except the Orioles. The Orioles had a really good August. But what the Orioles did, they, they used it as a springboard for the next year. So exactly. I do, I do feel like August is important. So, newsflash, August is important. So, all right. All right, guys. Thank you for staying up so late doing this. Very (laughs) important. Good God's worth